exploring the lives of ordinary Chinese people, sharing stories of impressive personalities. Life up close, presenting real China in real Chinese living. Life up close, where you can find out the latest about the ever-changing Chinese society. I'm your host Sam Duckett in Beijing. In this edition of Life Up Close, we will take a look at a series of life stories happening in the cities of Qingdao, Shenzhen, and Chongqing. The Chinese economy is expanding, albeit at a slower pace. Yet this economic downturn has not dampened the passion of the authorities to promote financial reform. Though risky, the reform is well underway so far. And the eastern coastal city of Qingdao is riding the wind of reform, aiming to become a rising financial center comparable to Shanghai and Shenzhen. 那么青岛有自己的优势的地方，就是青岛它是一个对外开放最早的之一。青岛 has its own advantages. It was among the earliest Chinese cities opening up to the outside world during the late 1970s and 1980s. It also has a tradition of wealth management. But it faces challenges similar to other cities. The government should actively encourage and support the construction of the wealth management center. But during this process, the government must let the market play the decisive role in allocating resources. In May, a 48-hour hackathon event took place in the southern Chinese metropolis of Shenzhen. The event has seen two dozen students from six different countries learn to use the Internet of Things or LoT technology and use it to help improve people's lives in China. This modern invention proves to be very helpful in connecting China's millions of migrant workers in cities with their left-behind children living in the villages. Well, I think that the Internet of Things will help make everybody's life better. The technology can be used in rural areas, which will, I suppose, make them less rural. China's southwestern city of Chongqing is famed across the country for its spicy delicacies. The fire-breathing hot chilies have become part of the local people's lives, and it takes a brave tourist to sample the best the city can cook up. While many see hot pot as the symbol of Chongqing's food culture, there are plenty of other cuisine on offer. 重庆 has very good hot pot, which you can find nowhere else. The hot pot in Chongqing is the most authentic with the best taste. I can't really explain the flavor. It's just spicy, mixed with heavy flavors. It's a normal thing for us Chongqing people to eat spicy food. We can't live without the chili. For example, we like to eat noodles with chili pepper in the morning. But to many people, breakfast should be light and mild. Stay tuned. The Chinese economy is expanding, albeit at a slower pace. Yet this economic downturn has not dampened the passion of the authorities to promote financial reform. Though risky, the reform is well underway so far, and the eastern coastal city of Qingdao is riding the winds of reform, aiming to become a rising financial center comparable to Shanghai and Shenzhen. Our reporter Yang Yong tells us more. Sinopol is a Qingdao-based manufacturer of wind power equipment. The company's deputy chief manager Wang Yuanyuan says, "Last year, the company obtained a low-interest loan worth two million yuan from Hana Bank, a South Korean financial firm which has a branch in Qingdao. 
The loan, the company claims, was the first of its kind in terms of cross-border RMB borrowings. Wang Yuanyuan says the terms of the loan were more favorable than those offered by any domestic lenders. It only took two weeks from our application with the lender to the final disbursement of the loan. Another advantage is that the interest rate is lower than those charged by lenders operating within China. Actually, it's only the financial reform taking place in Qingdao that has made the cross-border loan possible. In June 2015, Qingdao became the first pilot city to allow its companies to obtain loans in RMB from South Korean banks. The interest rate for loans in RMB is about 4.5 percent in China, while the interest rate ranges from 3.8 percent to 4 percent from South Korean banks. This comparison has proved to be very appealing for many Chinese business borrowers. So far, 25 firms in the city have obtained loans in RMB from South Korean banks at a total contract value of about 2.7 billion yuan or over 400 million U.S. dollars. Jia Wei, chairwoman of the Qingdao branch of Hana Bank, explains. An increasing number of customers from China have been inquiring and doing business with us. This kind of thriving business will, in turn, contribute to the blossoming of international settlement, cross-border loans, and trade financing. Hana Bank and its business in China are just a part of the results of the financial reform conducted in Qingdao, a latecomer in the financial sector compared to Shanghai and Shenzhen. Right now, the Qingdao government is fervently developing the waterfront Jingjialing Financial Zone, adjacent to the picturesque Laoshan Mountain. High-rise commercial buildings are being erected one after another. Financial institutions are flocking to this fledgling financial center. Currently, the financial zone houses some 360 financial firms, and the building of a modern global financial center is underway. It will be put into use in two years. This kind of building fervor was initiated some two years ago. In February 2014, Qingdao gained approval from the State Council China's Cabinet to build such a financial zone. Officials have named the zone as the Qingdao Wealth Management Financial Comprehensive Reform Pilot Zone. Since that time, local officials have been making sustained and intensive efforts to turn the blueprint into reality. Now over two years have passed. More than 50 new financial measures have been laid out and approved by the central government, according to the city's financial authorities. Those measures center on cross-border financing, the establishment of joint venture securities companies, and the funding of foreign investment-dominated funds. These initial reforms seem to have paid off. The value added of the financial sector now comprises 6.9 percent of the city's overall GDP, according to the local government figures. Qingdao's economy has historically been dominated by large manufacturing enterprises. 
Now, local officials believe that the rise of the financial sector will further drive the city's economy. Wang Feng is deputy director of the Qingdao Financial Work Office, the city's financial administration. From now on, we will intensify our efforts to build Qingdao into an influential wealth management center in a coordinated and a comprehensive manner. But the city still has a long way to go before achieving this goal. This April, Qingdao, for the first time, was included in the Global Financial Centers Index, but the city was only ranked 79. Far behind other Chinese financial hubs and leading international financial centers, Professor Gao Xiqing, with the Law School of Tsinghua University, suggests that the Qingdao city government should strictly define its role in how to further encourage and oversee its emerging financial sector. 那么青岛有自己的优势的地方，就是青岛它是一个对外开放最早的之一。Qingdao has its own advantages. It was among the earliest Chinese cities opening up to the outside world during the late 1970s and 1980s. It also has a tradition of wealth management, but it faces challenges similar to other cities. The government should actively encourage and support the construction of the wealth management center, but during this process, the government must let the market play the decisive role in allocating resources. At the end of 2013, China's top leadership promised to deepen economic reforms to ensure that the market would play a decisive role in allocating resources. This kind of wording is seen as the latest top-level boost for China's decades-long market-oriented reform. But experts say to realize this objective, the government at all levels has to make painful efforts to give greater leeway to business. And the private sector. Thanks, Yang Yong. Now let's take a short break, and then we'll take you to visit Shenzhen and meet some people who intend to make life better with technology. Stay tuned. If you have any interesting stories about China to share with us. And can speak good English? Why not join us in our worldwide broadcast? Don't hesitate to phone us or send us an email at life at cri dot com dot cn. You're listening to Life Up Close. Hackers may have been associated with crime and evil, but they can also do good in certain circumstances. The word hackathon is a portmanteau of the words hack and marathon. Here, the word hack is used in the sense of exploratory programming, not its alternate meaning as a reference to computer crime. A hackathon, also known as a hack day, is an event in which computer programmers and others get involved in software development and collaborate intensively on software projects. Starting in the 2000s, hackathons became significantly more widespread and began to be increasingly viewed by companies and venture capitalists as a way to quickly develop new software technologies and to locate new areas for innovation and funding.
In May, a 48-hour hackathon event took place in the southern Chinese metropolis of Shenzhen. The event had seen two dozen students from six different countries learn to use the Internet of Things, or LoT, technology, and use it to help improve people's lives in China. This modern invention proves to be very helpful in connecting China's millions of migrant workers in cities with their left-behind children living in the villages. Our reporter Law Wen joins the events and shares what she has found. It will increase the connection between real people. More and more stuffs will be connected, and it will be more easier for us to control something remotely. Well, I think that the Internet of Things will help make everybody's life better. The technology can be used in rural areas, which will, I suppose, make them less rural. The Internet of Things, or IoT, is a way of networking physical objects by connecting them with embedded electronics such as software and sensors. The connectivity means these objects can then collect and exchange data with each other. IoT has a diverse range of applications and can include measuring the temperature of a room or tracking the flow of a specific product. This hackathon event aims to explore how IoT can exert positive social change, such as helping improve the education and livelihood of left-behind children in China. Kadala Barros is a second-year student from New York University in Shanghai. He says he knew little about the issue of left-behind children before he came to China. Before I came, I didn't realize it was such a big thing. But then when we found out about the challenge and I looked into it, I was like, "Oh!" And I. It made me feel really upset, you know. More than 61 million children are considered left behind in China. The name refers to children who have been left behind by their parents, who have moved to big cities to work. A lack of proper arrangements for many has led to a number of heartbreaking situations, such as the suicide last year of four children in southwest China's Guizhou province. This February, the State Council of China issued guidelines for a census on left-behind children in rural areas to ensure proper arrangements are made for their lives and education. Barros and his team members wanted to help. They decided to make a device with a shared task list to help left-behind children build stronger relationships with their parents. Barros explains how this device works. The kids will have this device. That、um, allows for an adult. So if they go to school, the teacher will put their fingerprint on the device, and then it will checkmark and say, "Okay, we've done it." Right? And then at that point, the kid gets a little light that pops up on it to show that they've done it. At the same time, their parents, wherever they are, are also having this device. So if the parent goes to work, then they'll checkmark and say, "I've gone to work today," and it will also show them that their kid has gone to school or not. Kadala says the device will work like a game for kids to inspire them to do what is needed. So if the kid feels like a sort of a small competition, so it's like, oh, today I really, really want to beat my parent at like going and doing all the responsibilities that I have, even though they're not necessarily together. So they're like playing a game together passively, even though they're not together. Other students have also come up with solutions. Xin Haiyang is a postgraduate student at the Chinese University of Hong Kong. He and his team members have made a bonding tree using data from phone calls and health records to show the connectivity between parents and children. Xin explains that by using a smart chip developed by Intel, they can control the color of LED lighting on an electronic tree. 
We use the uh, record of the calling or ma a message uh, as the input. We use the uh, health record also as the input. And uh, we use the LED as output. And uh, the Intel Edison to control this tree to receive the message from the phone or from the sports band, something like that. Then we can light the LEDs on the trees to show what happens. Xin says, if the lighting turns green, it means the parents and children are closely connected. But if the lighting turns red, it means the parents need to pay more attention to their kids. A series of symposiums looking at why IoT matters and how it works were also held during the hackathon event. A speaker at the symposiums and Intel Corporation's Internet of Things program manager, Yashesh Shroff, says he was impressed by the students' work. There are students who are very good with design thinking, students that are very good with coding, um, students that are very good with ideation. And they're taking all these different elements of innovation, putting it together again in a diverse team to then look at a problem that may not have been looked at that uh, with that point of view before. And so the solutions that are, they are coming up with are essentially brilliant. This hackathon event is co-chaired by the Chinese University of Hong Kong, Shenzhen Intel, and the Program on Creativity Plus Innovation at New York University, Shanghai. Christian Grewell, a professor with NYU Shanghai, says the event can help students learn to work with others. So what I hope they can learn is both a, this stuff takes a lot of time. Um, and you constantly run into problems, especially over this period of time. And because they spend long amounts of time working on these together in groups, you really learn the value of leadership. So it's teamwork. Uh, the second thing I hope that they learn, and maybe it's it's more about like the the, the challenge itself. Of, can you build something that actually has a fit in the market? It is the first time the 48-hour hackathon event was held in Shenzhen. Another larger event is scheduled to be held in December, with leaders from the IoT industry as well as students from Harvard, MIT, and Stanford expected to attend. It is also hoped companies and factories in Shenzhen will take on products made by the students. Thanks, Lawen. Now let's take a short break, and then we'll take you to Chongqing and enjoy a great variety of local delicacies. Stay tuned. Everywhere you look today, China is in the news. But what about the lives behind the stories? How do ordinary Chinese live and work? Life up close answers the questions in your mind when you think of China. Over a billion people and as many stories from all over this vast land. Life up close, bringing you all you need to know about the real Chinese living here in China. You're listening to Life Up Close. China's southwestern city of Chongqing is famed across the country for its spicy delicacies. The fire-breathing hot chilies have become a part of the local people's lives, and it takes a brave tourist to sample the best the city can cook up. While many see hot pot as a symbol of Chongqing's food culture, there is plenty of other cuisine on offer. Liu Mohan reports from Chongqing. Foreigner or Chinese, it seems that nobody can resist the temptation of Chongqing food. Their food is awesome. 
we have really food sightseeing, so hot pot and and xiaomian, everything. So we love Chongqing food. <laughs> we usually go to have some delicious <laughs> food, Sichuan <laughs> and Dashuicheng, uh, Nanshan, eating hot hot pot. And, uh, A luder, Chongqing luder. The spicy hot pot, or huoguo in Chinese, is widely seen as the signature food that represents Chongqing's food culture. Boiled in a spicy broth in a simmering pot, ingredients are placed into the pot and are cooked at the table. Typical hot pot dishes include thinly sliced meat, leafy vegetables, mushrooms, tofu, and seafood. The cooked food is usually eaten with a dipping sauce. In Chongqing, the soup in the pot is always mixed with hot pepper oil and local spices to give a pungent, dense, and heavy flavor. The popularity of Chongqing hot pot can be seen from these numbers. There are currently over 26,000 hot pot restaurants in the city, providing job opportunities for more than 500,000 people. Hu Ning is a waitress at a hot pot restaurant in one of the city's most prosperous commercial zones. 弄火锅的话是重庆是比较那个是比较好的。Chongqing Chongqing has very good hot pot, which you can find nowhere else. The hot pot in Chongqing is the most authentic with the best taste. I can't really explain the flavor. It's just spicy, mixed with heavy flavors. It's a normal thing for us Chongqing people to eat spicy food. We can't live without the chili. For example, we like to eat noodles with chili pepper in the morning. But to many people, breakfast should be light and mild. <laughs> But there are other delicious cuisines in Chongqing as well, and not all of them are spicy. As you walk through the crowded alleys at the ancient river town of Cixiko, you will be amazed by the variety of street food available there. Once a prominent market and trade town for porcelain products in the Ming Dynasty by the Jialing River, Cixiko has now been transformed into a tourism destination for shopping and dining. Restaurants, food stalls, and snack shops are scattered across the town, offering delicacies ranging from sweet, sticky rice cakes, fried Chinese donuts, as well as flavored beef jerky, which are all specialties you find only in Chongqing. The sticky rice cake we sell here is a traditional food in Chongqing. It's handmade by striking the rice dough with a stick. Actually, it's a common snack food in southwestern region, but the method of making it is different. The rice cake in Chengdu contains more water, but ours is more chewy. Some shops always have long queues outside them. Chen Mahua is one of them. Mahua or fried dough twist has been a traditional snack for Han Chinese for thousands of years. It is usually considered a specialty in the northern city of Tianjin, but here in Chongqing, Mahua has found another home. Tianjin Mahua is big in size, but Chongqing Mahua is small and crispy. It's quite different. Tianjin's is not as crispy as ours. The texture is soft and it's like bread. Many say Chongqing food embodies the characteristics of its people: bold, straightforward, and enthusiastic, just like the hot chilies.
So next time when you get an opportunity to visit Chongqing, never forget to try the food, and you'll soon make friends with the people. Thanks, Liu Mohan. With that, we come to the end of this edition of Life Up Close. Hope you have enjoyed it. For more, please log on to our website of newsplusradio.cn. For our program producer Yin Xiuqi, this is Sam Duckett in Beijing. Bye for now.